Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Come on, get your Bible out or your phone or your iPad or your stolen Gideon from a hotel. We won't judge. That's okay. Um, get it out if you've got a Bible. And I want you to turn with me to Daniel. I want to read um, a part of a story. I'm going to explain a little bit first because I read it this morning, but I think it's just a lot to read for sake of time. So I want, let me explain it to you in Daniel chapter 2. Mark it down or, or, or highlight it if you can. But what's happening in this story is King Nebuchadnezzar, who was, an, who was a king at the time, he's a, he, he was an evil king and, and he was surrounded um, by sorcerers and magicians and things like that that would sort of give him insight into things if he wanted to know what was going on and things like that. And in, in, in Daniel chapter 2, the King Nebuchadnezzar has this dream and it says in, in, in the, the dream was, was so much so that it says that he couldn't sleep, the king couldn't sleep. So the king wakes up and, and he's freaking out. So he gathers his, his magicians and sorcerers around him and he says, um, I, need, I need you guys to tell me what this dream means. He says it to them. I need you to reveal to me. I need you to give me a, 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 an interpretation of what this dream means. This guy's a bit crazy, this king. He says, if you can't interpret it, you read it. He says, I'm going to cut you in pieces and burn your house to ashes. How many think that's a little bit over-exaggerated, a little bit frantic? But anyway, so he's, he's sort of, he's, he's this crazy king. So these guys sort of are freaking out. They're like, whoa, I mean, you know, like, we'll try. But then what happens is the king even goes more so. He says, in fact, you know what? I'm not going to tell you what the dream is. I want you to tell me what I dreamed. How many know these magicians like take a back step? They're like, whoa, I mean, like, we're good, but we're not that good, like... In fact, these magicians and sorcerers actually say to the king, they say, King Nebuchadnezzar, they say, you search the land, you won't find anyone that can do that. Like, no one can do that. They're like, what are you, crazy? Like, I mean, we're cool and stuff, but we're not, we can't tell you what you actually dreamed and the interpretation. Like, that's next level stuff, you know? Like, like that's not our deal. We can't. So the king loses it. I mean, this is, this is paraphrasing. This is the Bible according to Ben, okay? Some of you are going to read it later and be like, he's so different to how it's said in there, but it's close, all right? So the king loses it and he gets frantic and he goes around and he starts killing people and he, he says, kill all the wise men. He says, get all of the wise men, kill them all because no one can tell him what he dreamed and what this interpretation is. But then what happens is enter Daniel. And I love Daniel in this story. Daniel, if you know a little bit about the, the chapter before, we know that Daniel was chosen, him and a few of his buddy were chosen to stand in the king's court and be close to the king as well. And Daniel made a decision that he wasn't going to do what everyone else was doing. He wasn't going to live the same way these sorcerers were going to live. He separated himself. And so all of this craziness is going on. And in verse... Uh, in verse 14, I want to pick it up in verse 14, when all of this is happening and the king cannot find anyone to interpret these things. And Daniel steps in and says, Then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Ariok, the captain of the king's guard who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Ariok, the king's captain, 
why is the decree from the king so urgent? Like, what's the big deal, basically, is what he's saying. Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel, explained to him what was going on. So Daniel went in, Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah and his companions that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the Lord God, uh, blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his. So what has happened is in this story, when Daniel heard of the craziness, Daniel's like, hey, 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 chill, listen. He goes to the king and he says, listen, give me some time. Stop killing everyone. Stop getting crazy. Give me some time. I'm going to go away and I'll come back with the answer you need. And Daniel goes away and Daniel gets with God and seeks God. And it says that God, the word is revealed to Daniel what was really going on in this story. I want to preach from this just for a few moments and talk to you about the spirit of revelation. The spirit of revelation. The Bible actually says in Ephesians 1.17, when Paul goes and Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus and Paul says to the church in Ephesus, I pray for you. These are Christians he's talking to. He says, I pray for you that God will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Revelation is God's divine truth being revealed to us. Revelation takes us to a deeper place. It's not just our natural understanding. Revelation, when we talk of a spirit of revelation, is not speaking of what we understand naturally. That would be information. But what I'm talking about this morning is not a spirit of information. A spirit of information will, will, will feed your understanding, but a spirit of revelation will speak to your heart. And in order for you to understand who God is, in order for you to understand and grasp the things of God, you need a spirit of revelation to come upon you. It'll be a spirit of revelation that as you're reading the Word, those words will all of a sudden jump out and you'll see something that totally, it was totally different to perhaps what you saw another time. How many know that sometimes reading the Bible is hard? Okay, six people want to be truth this morning. Listen, sometimes we, we read in the Bible, have you ever really looked at this? Come on, sometimes I read it, try reading some, try looking through Leviticus, that will freak you out. You'd be looking at that thinking, this dude, God is a psychopath. Dude's cutting off pigeons' heads and slitting goats and oh my gosh, what are we doing here? We read the Word of God. If we don't read the Word of God with a spirit of revelation, we just see it in the natural and it starts to speak to our head. It doesn't make sense in our head. But when God, a spirit of revelation comes, it enlightens the eyes of our heart and the eyes of our understanding. We, can, we, get, to see, we get to see the deeper things that God is trying to do. Years ago, I was on a school camp 
In Australia, I don't know if they do, even do it here, but in Australia, you go on school camps where, where your whole class, you go away for a few days. My parents loved it. And, and they would send us away. And I remember we're on this school camp and we went to this camp. And one of the days they had down on the schedule that they were going to take us to this area out in the hills and we were going to go and do caving. So we... We got in a group and we, we got all sort of dressed up and all of this stuff. And so we get in this hole and they give you these little, they're little sort of snap lights. It, 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 I don't know if you have them here, but it, it's a little, it's about this long. It's this little plastic sort of thing. And when you get in the dark, you can actually break it. You can snap it and it will light up. And they gave us these little things and we get, we get in this hole and, and we're, we're wriggling down into this hole. And we go further down, thinking about it wigs me out. We go further down and then all of a sudden this, this sort of whole sort of tunnel sort of goes through and we're all sort of single file. You're following the dude in front of you and you've got a dude behind you. <laughs> why? I'm yelling out to my buddy, why are we doing this again? It's like, because it's fun. I'm like, is it? And we go down this, this tunnel and then we get to this sort of open sort of area and it's dark. It's, it's jet black. You're, you're under the ground. But when we get into this area, you can sense that it's opened up around you. And you can hear, I can hear sort of water sort of flowing. It sounds like there's water sort of falling and I can hear like little sort of pebbles hitting sort of pebbles as they're in this, sounds like a sort of stream and I'm sort of, but it's dark. I don't, I sort of can't work out where we are or what's going on. We're all sort of holding on to each other. And then the guy that took us down there said to us, take out your little snap lights. And so we take out these little snap like things and then we, we break them and these things light up. And the moment these things light up, what it does is because as well, there's a few of us in this cave, it lights up what is around us. And now everything that I heard and all of this, this movement that was happening around me and things that I could hear, all of a sudden became, I had a greater understanding because there was a light that shone upon that place and I could see. And I could see that there was a stream. It was an, it was an underground stream that was running through this huge cave. I could see, you know, the, 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 how large this cave was and, and the whole expanse of this thing. But the reason I tell you that story is it gives us a picture of what revelation really is. See, without revelation, we stumble in the dark trying to allow our understanding to guide us and direct us. But I want to tell you sometimes in order for you to be everything that God's called you to be and, and to know Him on a deeper way and a deeper level, He does not communicate to our understanding. He communicates to our heart. And we have to understand that what God has called us to do and what God has called us to walk in, it's a deeper thing than our understanding. That's why we call the Gospel the faith. It's not called the understanding. And what happens is I think so many Christians miss out on what God is trying to reveal to them because they're so caught in their understanding and they're trying to work it out in their head knowledge and trying to piece it together in their head knowledge. If I could understand God with my own brain, then I have reduced God to my size. But when we understand that He is far greater than me, His ways are not my ways, I can't understand Him. That's why I need a spirit of revelation to reveal to me 
the deeper things of God. Information speaks to our understanding, but revelation, revelation speaks to our heart. Revelation can take you places that your understanding cannot. If I was in that cave and I was going to try and continue to find my way around that cave without that light, without that snap light, how many know I'm going to be very limited in what I can do? I'm always going to feel like I'm in the dark. I'm always going to feel like I don't have any idea of what's going on and there's only so far I can go. But a spirit of revelation will take you further than your understanding can. When you get a revelation... There will always be things that we do not understand. You know, when people get sick around us and, you know, I had a buddy that died on a football field, hit in the head and and died after being in 16 days for a coma. There are situations that we will go through that we do not understand. And what happens too often is when people just live off information, What happens is when they get in those situations that they don't understand, they say, look, the information has told me. Information has told me that God can heal, but I don't understand why my friend died. Information has told me that my God can heal, but I don't understand why my dad got cancer. I don't understand why my brother died. I don't understand why my sister died. I don't understand why, because you're living off information. But when you get revelation, you can be in the middle of something you don't understand. So you can say, look, I don't understand cancer, but I have a revelation that by His stripes we are healed. I have a revelation that my God heals, so I don't need to understand because my revelation trumps my understanding. And I let my revelation speak to my understanding and not my understanding speak to my revelation. You need to have a spirit of revelation. It's a deeper thing what God wants to do in our hearts. It's understanding who He is, but it's impossible to do without this spirit of revelation. In Mark 16, 15, He says, And He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes. He who believes. The first thing, I want to give you a couple of quick things to walk in revelation, to, un- to unlock, if you like, or release a spirit of revelation upon your life, the first thing you have to do is make a decision that you're going to live a life of faith. Live a life of faith. What did Daniel do? Daniel put himself in a situation that if God did not show up, he was dead. That's faith. He made a decision. I'm not going to do, I cannot do this on my own strength. I cannot do this in my own might, in my own ability. And through the faith that Daniel demonstrated, he was able to unlock a spirit of revelation that came upon him and revealed what he was not going to be able to understand or orchestrate in his own strength and his own might. We need to be people that make a decision. You know what? I'm going to live a life of faith. What is faith? Faith is embracing the unknown. If you do not learn what it is to embrace the unknown, you will never walk in that spirit of revelation that makes the unknown the known. I had to make a decision when I went caving that I was going to get into the dark. 
before that spirit of revelation comes. And too often what we do is as Christians, we just want to try and stay on the safe side of doing everything. God wants to bring a deeper level of revelation into our hearts and into our life. But we've got to make a decision that we're going to step into what we don't know to reveal so that God can reveal to us a spirit of revelation to give us a greater level of understanding. The other thing that we have to do to unlock a spirit of revelation is we have to have an obedient spirit, an obedient spirit. God gives us instructions all through Scripture on how we're meant to live our life. But what happens is, is too many times Christians, they want to wait until it all makes sense to them first before they obey. And we miss out on what God wants us to walk in because that's not how God operates. What God does is He gives us instructions on how we are called to live. And as you step into what He's telling you in a spirit of obedience, it may not make sense to you, but you're obeying. You will unlock a spirit of revelation. So what you were told to do because you did it, and you're obedient to the Word, even though you're saying, look, I'm not, I don't understand it, but I'm doing it because the Word says. I remember when I was younger and my mother would tell me, um, clean my room. You ever get your mum to tell you to do that? Clean your room. I was a kid and uh, I was a little, um, a, l- a little mischievous as a child. I know you can't wrap your head around that because so well behaved today. Thank you, appreciate it. But my mother would say to me, Benjamin, you know when your mum calls you your full name. I talked to her this week, actually, Carissa and I went, went to have a, another ultrasound and they're doing the ultrasound. We, we've got a son coming in November and they're doing, the, they're doing the ultrasound. And the nurse is there. It, it must have taken about 45 minutes and she's trying, because they're trying to measure his limbs and everything. And she says, I have never, honestly, I haven't seen a kid like this for a long time. I said, what do you mean? She said, he will not keep still. He is moving around constantly. I got on the phone with my mum as we're coming back and I told her and she started laughing. She said, boy, you're about to reap what you sow. I said, what does that even mean? She said, I'm praying for you and I'm praying for Caressa. But my mum my mom used to say, she would say, Benjamin, clean your room. I was a bratty kid and I'll be like, why? How many know my mother's response? All the parents in the room. Because I said so. Clean your room. Why? Because, because I said so. So because my mum told me to, I had to clean my room. I didn't understand. As a kid, I'm like, what does it matter? Who cares? But as I grew up, And I was just, early days, I was just obedient to what my mum was telling me. But as I grew up now, I don't clean my room because my mum doesn't have to call me from Australia and tell me to clean my room. My wife doesn't have to tell me to clean my room. Some of you wives look at your husband and say, you hear that? But I don't have to be told to clean my room. Why? Because I was obedient. And just made a decision, you know what, I've been told to clean my room, I have to clean my room. Now I have a greater understanding 
because I don't clean my room now because someone told me to. I clean my room now because I have a a greater understanding that if I don't clean my room, the house is gonna be a mess and you can't organise things and you can't find anything. So no one has to tell me to clean my room, but because I walked in obedience and I walked it out, I was able to see the fruit of having a clean room. So what does this look like when it comes to revelation in our hearts? You may not have a revelation yet of what it means to give. You may not have a complete understanding of what it is to tithe, of how the Word says that we need to tithe. But let me tell you something, the Word just simply says. So if you make a decision to say, you know what, I don't understand it completely. I'm not walking in complete blessing yet. I don't understand the press down, shaken together, running over. But you know what, I don't need to because the Bible tells me that I need to give of my first fruits, that if I give, then God will pour out. So I'm making a decision. You know what? I'm just going to give. And as you continue to be obedient and you give, and then you give again, and then you give again, and then you give again, and then you look back and say, hey, hang on a second. This thing works. And now I don't give because I'm told to give anymore. I now give because I've opened up a spirit of revelation in my heart and in my life. No one has to tell me to give. It doesn't matter what Pastor Javon says or Pastor Jake says when they come up here and talk about the offering because I have a spirit of revelation. I know what it is to give. I'm going to keep giving. Do you understand? The Bible says that we need to not forsake the gathering together of the believers, which means that we need to make sure we come to church. People say, well, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, you know, I tithe. Sometimes I stream online while I'm watching on the phone. You know, I'm not against, against streaming. About 50 people just tuned out of streaming. Like, forget him, I'm gone. Now listen, what I'm saying is, People, that may, people, you've got to understand that what the Bible's talking about, the instructions He's giving you. Now you may not get it, you may not understand it, but you say, you know what? The Bible says that we need to be there. We need to not forsake the gathering together of the believers. We're going to make a decision. You know what? We're going to church. Every Sunday when I wake up tired, I'm still going to church. That's why we have later services for you. See, we got you. When you make a decision, you know what? I'm not going to wait till I feel like it. I'm not going to wait till, you know, I have to, I'm going to just do what the Word's telling me to do and we're going to go to church. And I'm going to wake up and I'm not feeling like it. And there's a game on that I want to watch. And we want to go here and we want to do that. But you know what? Let's go to church. And then we don't feel like it again. And different things going on. And it's crazy. And there's kids. But you know what? We're going to go to church. And then as you were obedient, all of a sudden your children now soar. And it's a part of their program. It's a part of them. And now your kids start growing up. And when they become teenagers, they're like, they're going to church. And you don't have to tell them to go to church because they saw you be obedient to go into church and now their kids are going to church and now your grandkids and you look over and and they're in church and now you look back and say, you know what? I didn't understand it back then, but because I was obedient to the Word, now I've got a revelation that we've got to gather together in church and there's power in it. And now I've got kids in church. I've got grandkids in church. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord because I taught them what it is to be in church on a Sunday. The Spirit. It's a spirit of revelation. It's unlocked. It's unlocked when we make a decision. You know what? I'm just going to be obedient to the Word. It's, it's, it's about shifting our life to line up with the Word. Not manipulating the Word to line up with how I want to live. People are so good at doing that. 
what we do is people will take the Word and it's almost like this is not a tailor-made little smorgasbord where you pick what you want. This is the whole meal. And you've got to make a decision. What people do is they say, you know what? I want to live like this. I want to do this. And they take a little Scripture here and say, oh, that one won't work for me because that's a bit much. Okay, here we go. Let's take this and let's take this whole grace thing and say, okay, grace and He covers me, which means I can do whatever the heck I want. As long as I'm in church on Sunday, I'll take a little bit of grace and sprinkle that on me and say, it's cool, I'm good. You see what happens? We're going to make a decision. You know what? I'm going to live by this book. I'm going to operate my life by this book. I'm going to raise my family how this book tells me to. And you will unlock revelation that will give you a deeper understanding of who He is. It's a greater understanding. The Bible says that we need to, we need to praise. We're a church. I don't know if you haven't worked this out yet already, but we're a church. We make a little bit of noise here on a Sunday. We don't do it because of hype. We don't do it because someone has to generate it and wind it up and right now we start making noise. It's 9.30 on a Sunday morning. It's not natural to make noise. Come on, sometimes we get to church. Listen, I know what it's like. Sometimes you didn't get, you asked for a double espresso and they gave you a single and you come to church and you're not feeling like you're kicking it this morning. You're walking in and you're a bit like, oh. But then you get in the atmosphere and you get in the environment because what does the Bible say? It says that we need to lift. It says, praise the God, rules, uh, shout to God. Here we go. Let's skip it. Psalm 47 verse 1. Shout, shout to God with a voice of triumph. Clap, clap. It says, clap your hands. It says, it says clap your hands, not some people. It doesn't say clap your hands to people on the front row. Clap your hands, those that had a triple espresso this morning. Clap your hands, those that feel like it. Clap your hands, those that have had a good week. Clap your hands, those that everything's going great. It says clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We've got to make a decision. I don't praise because I feel like it. I don't praise because I necessarily get it. I praise because the Word tells me that I need to praise and I serve a God that's worthy of it. I need some people to give God some praise this morning on the early service on a Sunday morning because He's worthy of our praise. Don't wait. Don't wait till you get it. You'll get it. And then when you get it, your praise will go to a whole nother level. But in the meantime, just obey. Get in church and say, you know what? I don't feel, listen, I don't feel like, sometimes, let me tell you something. Sometimes I don't feel like it. Sometimes, you know, sometimes, and if people can jump, they can jump. But sometimes, I don't know. I can't dance. I mean, you know, like, I try. But what I'm saying is, I make a decision, I'm going to move something. I make a decision that even though I don't feel like doing it, I serve a God that's worthy of it. So when I get around Him and I start singing, singing about how good He is, and I start singing about how great God's been, and I start singing about the things that God has done for me, and how God's got me, and, and how I can lean on Him, and I can trust in Him, and I think back of my past and all of my mistakes and all of my screw-ups, but God was still there for me. He's worthy of my praise. I remember having a buddy, I had a buddy come to church. 
I need to finish, so we better, we better, uh, band better come. I had a buddy come to church. He was in a, he was in a, a band in Australia, secular, secular band, and they, they came along to church in Australia, and um, and he came along, and he, he's a very um, creative, intellectual thinker, processor, just very, and a genius guy. And I remember him telling me this. He says, "Man, when I came to church, I there was so much. The words were coming up on the screen." Of, of worship songs, and, and I was singing, I could see all these things, but he said, I didn't want to sing anything that wasn't real to me. And he said, everyone was singing, you know, God, I worship you. And he's such a, you know, he, he wasn't even really unsaved, uh, even really saved. He, but he said, well, I, I don't really worship him. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't. And he said, and I kept coming to church. He, he said this to me. He said, but, but I felt like something, he said, something said, I guess it was God told me to just begin speaking it out because he said, I wanted to, I wanted to be doing everything that those words were saying. Lifting up his name. I wanted to be in that place, but he said, I wasn't. So that's why I didn't sing. But then God spoke to me and said that if I started to say it and sing it, it was like I was speaking it out over it was almost like declaring not where I am, but where I want to be and what I'm going to walk in. So I remember he, he started coming in worship and he's just standing there. He doesn't get it all yet. He doesn't know what, you know, raising your hands and all that stuff. But, but he stands there and he starts singing. And then he starts saying, God, I, I worship you. I lift your name up. You're a good, good. He had a, he, this guy had a, didn't have a great relationship with his father. God, you're a good, good father. You're a good, good father. And he says, as I, all of a sudden, the more I started singing, all of a sudden, I look, I, I look and all of a sudden I'm standing in church and I'm worshipping. And now because of what I'm doing, now I want to raise my hands. I didn't feel like it didn't make sense. Why would I raise my hands? I don't, but because I started to, because I was just obedient, I started to speak it out. It didn't make sense to my understanding. But as I kept doing it, it's almost like a revelation came over him. And then he started to declare the goodness of God over his life. And his relationship with God started to go to a, to a whole nother level because he made a decision. You know what? I'm just, I'm just gonna be obedient. Obedience will unlock revelation. Obedience is not about things lining up with how you want to live. Obedience will position you for revelation. I wrote this down. Understanding is not needed for obedience. Faith is. And the last thing, and I'm going to close this real quickly. What do we need? And, and, and there's so much more in this, but what do we need to unlock that spirit of revelation? It's an open, it's an open heart. Not a heart that gets in the presence of God saying, I know it all. It's almost like lines up with what I said, preached last week about humility. It's getting in the presence of God with an open heart saying, Lord, doesn't matter how many times you've been in church. 
Don't matter how many times you've read the verse or seen the Scriptures, you get in the presence of God and say, Lord, show me more. Lord, I want to know more about You. Matthew eleven twenty five 25 is a powerful verse. He says, at this time, Jesus answered and said, I thank You, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that You have hidden, look at this, God, You have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. I've hidden these things from the wise and prudent, but I've revealed them to the young at heart. Bible talks about us having, we've got to have a childlike faith. What does he need? He doesn't need people coming into church on a Sunday all puffed up about how much they know. All puffed up saying, well, I got this. I know what I'm doing here. I know how to do church. I know this sermon. I know these songs. I know these. Now what we need is we need a whole bunch of kids walking through those doors on a Sunday saying, God, I don't know a thing. And I need you to download some stuff into my heart. I've got things in my life. I was praying it today. I was walking. I was praying. I was saying, God, would you come and deal with my heart? Lord, come and bring a spirit of revelation. Show me the deeper things of you. The greatest revelation you can have is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.